Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. It's so that you may have ability to do things that God wants us to do. So today I'm actually talking about we have the power. Somebody say hallelujah. Turn to somebody say, I have, I have the power. Say it again, I have the power. Then say, you have the power too. Amen. Now some of the things I'm going to be sharing are not things that are new in this house. We, we have said it in many, many ways. Uh, but we are going to keep saying it until we are walking in the fullness of it. Amen. What else are we going to talk about? Fear and unbelief and politics? No, we are going to talk about the word of God. We are going to say what God has done for us who he has made us to be, and the glory that he has exalted us to occupy until we all, the Bible says, until we all become an exact measure of the fullness of Christ. So God is expecting us to be just like Jesus is. That's the theme of our camp meeting. And if we are anywhere short of that, then we need to sit down and listen to God's word and practice it more. It means that there are things that we think we know that we really may not know like we ought to know. Just because we hear it doesn't mean that we know it. Amen. Amen. And sometimes looking at it, looking at it, the Bible says that if we keep looking at it, it says, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, it says we will be blessed. And that Jesus Christ said that if you continue in my word, that word continue means to abide, to camp, to stay, to, to be rooted, to be planted in the word of God. He said, then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's not just enough to visit the word. It's not enough to just hear it a couple of times. Faith comes by what? By hearing and what? And hearing by the word of God. Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So pay attention this morning. Get your catchers ready, your heart catchers. Get your paper and your pen. Be a wise Christian like the Bereans who put down and went back to examine it. Too many Christians just come to church to be entertained. That's why they said the service, I didn't enjoy it. It's not just for enjoyment. It's good to enjoy it. But you should be transformed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's for transformation. You should say, I got changed in that meeting. Not just, I enjoyed it. Because you can enjoy a good movie. You can enjoy uh, a good game. A basketball game, a soccer game. But it has no power to change you. So if you just came to enjoy service, then you really didn't come for service. You came for entertainment. But this morning, service is not just to entertain you. Is to transform you. Are you ready to be transformed? I said, are you ready to change? All right, let's go to Acts chapter number one. The Bible says here, let's just start from verse one. It's good to start from the very verse first. The Bible says, In the former thesis have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to teach, both to do and to teach, unto the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Three, to whom also he showed himself alive with, after many passions by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Tell somebody, the kingdom of God. Say it louder. Say the kingdom of God. So Jesus was preaching about what? The kingdom of God. What was Jesus preaching about? The kingdom of God. When he came, before he died, 
he went about preaching, saying what? Repent because the kingdom of God has come. It's at hand. That means that it is accessible. When you say at hand, it means you have access into the kingdom. It's right here now. We're no longer talking about one of these days the kingdom will come. You know, again, I've been repeating this over and over again. I'm sure it's going to get into our system. The gospel is not when you die, you go to heaven. The gospel is not when one of these days when we leave this place, we are going to enter into the kingdom. We are going to enter into heaven, streets made of gold. Thank God those things are there, but that's not the real message. The real message is that the kingdom of God has what? Has come. It's here that we can enter into the kingdom now, now, today, this moment. We can enter into the dominion of God where sickness has no place, where disease has no place. Where poverty has no place, where death has no place. That is the kingdom of God. And the Bible says he began to talk to them about the kingdom. And don't forget, we have mentioned over and over again, that the kingdom is about dominion. The word kingdom means dominion. It means authority to rule. It's not just a territory. It's talking about who is ruling in that territory. So when he's talking about the kingdom, he's talking about where God rules. That's why the kingdom of God can come here. If God rules in America, the America becomes a part of what? The kingdom of God. Amen. And so it's also possible for you to be in the kingdom and not be submissive to that kingdom. And that means that you are not under the rulership. Just like we said, we heard today in the, in, during the offering that the, these women who were Hebrew women, you know, we're not sure whether they were Hebrews or uh, Egyptians by birth, uh, but we know they call them Hebrew Hebrew uh, midwives, praise God. They were in the kingdom of, of, of Egypt, but they were not submissive to the authority of the king because they were in another kingdom. They rather did what the kingdom of God said than what the kingdom of Egypt said. And sometimes it can be risky, praise God, except you know the God that you said. One kingdom is higher than another kingdom. So the Bible says he talked about the kingdom of God. Let's continue. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. He didn't say a promise. He said, wait for what? The promise. The promise means the main promise. Make the main the main. The promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me. Verse 5. For John baptized, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So the, the, the promise was what? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't the someone say, are you baptized, are you baptized with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit? Have you received the promise? promise? Answer, answer. What's the answer to that? Well, if you missed, if you, if you were not and you were here last week, you must have been baptized. Praise God. Because many people got baptized. It was of the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right, verse 6. He said, uh, and when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, without at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel. So they, they were confused about the kingdom. They thought the kingdom was that Jesus was going to drive out the Roman soldiers and become the king of Jerusalem, you know, and rule from there. Because, you know, some part of the old covenant prophecy about Messiah said he was going to rule and have dominion. So they were saying, well, is it now? Now you have risen from the dead. Has the kingdom come now? Are you going to uh, become, you know, the Lord? There was a time even in his life, the Bible said they wanted to make him king because they thought 
that this is the time to establish the kingdom of God by Jesus being a physical king. But see what Jesus said to them, verse 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the season which the Lord has put in his own power. Verse 8, let's read it together. One to go. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Turn to somebody, read it to him. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Alright, we're going to read it one more time. Praise God. We're going to substitute Jerusalem for where? Lanham. Wherever you live in. Lago. Uh, upper Marlboro. Put some word that the guy can understand. Amen. Amen. Then we are going to uh, substitute Judea for what? For, for you know, for, for maybe United States or, or the state where you are in. Praise God. Or a state nearby. And Samaria is another country. Right? The uttermost part of the earth, what should we substitute for it? It's still the same thing, uttermost part. Praise God. <laughs> Unto Jesus. You can be a witness unto Jesus. Alright, so let's say to one more person. Want to go. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come unto you. And ye shall be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus. Both in Lanham and in Maryland and in, in D.C. <laughs> and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We're going to say it one more time. Some people are chewing their tongue. But this is part of the message. This is today's message. When we are, instead of saying, ye shall receive power, we're going to say, ye have received. Have you, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. So have you received power? Yes. So, the, so the tenses has changed, right? Yes. All right, let's say it correctly now. One to go. And ye have received power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto Jesus Christ, both in Maryland and in Delaware, and in Italy, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Somebody say, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, the essence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not to get the shakes. You know what the shakes is? <laughs> now, that's not bad, but that's not the essence. Right? It's not to fall on the floor and to roll. Many times when a lot of people fall down under the power, say, what an amazing service. And many times all they got were dirty clothes. They went home, they didn't do anything with it. So thank God for those manifestations of the Spirit. But that's not the essence. The Bible says, and ye shall receive what? Power. The word power is from the word dunamis, which means it means self-generating power. Ability to cause changes. It means might. It means strength to do something that you could not do before. That means that if you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you are still restricted by what restricted you before, then maybe you didn't get the right Holy Spirit. Maybe all you got was the shakes. He said, and ye shall receive power, dynamics, ability, might to cause changes both in your life and in the environment around you. In short, anyone that is filled with the Holy Spirit, your environment will notice it. 
there will be change in what is around you. Or else, it is not the same power that Jesus was describing here. Jesus was not talking about them receiving power so that they just say, hey, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and check that mark and say, well, yeah, now I'm one of the cool guys in church. I can pray in tongues. That's not why they got the Holy Spirit. He said, and ye shall receive ability, might. Why? Because they were going to be contending for authority about people's lives on the earth. They're going to be coming against demons and, and, and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And you don't come against such spirits with just nice, you know, uh, uh, sounding voices and just begging and, 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 or, or, or good eloquence of speech. You come against these demonic forces with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's why Jesus Christ said, don't leave Jerusalem until you be clotted or endued with power. Somebody say amen. amen. I know like I said, many of us have heard some of these things before, but I'm just going to repeat them again for some of you and some of us, like I am repeating it to myself so that we can take cognizance of it and begin to operate in it. Amen. amen. Point number one, the power to change this world is not in heaven. Now, you, you know, sometimes we, we are so religious. We come to church and say, we have the power. I received the Holy Ghost. And then when we live here and we face challenges, we say, oh God, will you do something? Send down the power. Which one is it? Is it sending the power or have we received the power? If we have to wait for God to do something, then we don't have the power. Now, this is very serious because I had to take some time to meditate on this. If somebody comes to meet me and say, listen, listen, I want to buy, I want to buy, I want to buy a shoe. I say, how much is the shoe? He said, the shoe is $200. That's a cheap shoe. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, the shoe is $500. That's still cheap. Praise God. But let me stop there for now. Reasonable, right? Praise God. I said, $500 for shoe. How much, how much is the shoe you wear? If it's not as expensive, believe God for better. Amen. Not everybody's saying anyway. <laughs> The pastor has come again with prosperity. You need to grow. Praise God. How much do you think was the gold belt Jesus wore when he appeared in Revelations chapter number one? It was not gold plated. It was gold. And as he is, all right, let's continue. So, so if you come and say, I want to buy a shoe, and you say the shoe is $500, and I say, okay, fine, I'd like to buy it for you, and I, can't, and I count $500, clean, cripsy note, one, two, three, four, five hundred dollar bills, and I give it to you. And then you go to the store, and you want to buy, and, and look at the price, five hundred dollars. And you say, oh, pastor, please help me. I just need this shoe. Oh, what am I going to do? I need this shoe. What do you think I'm going to be doing? You know, we, we don't understand it when the Bible says we have the power. Oftentimes, we still look to God to do something. Even in our prayer life, many of the things we pray for are the things God has given us the power. He has given it to us. He has given us the power to make those changes. Until we rise up and make those changes, we'll just be playing religion and there will be no difference. Romans chapter number 10. 
quickly, quickly, quickly. There's so much I'd like us to see who hopefully we can cover some of them this morning. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Turn to somebody say you have the power, have the power. to cast out devils. To heal the sick. Say the power is not in heaven. Say the power is in you. Say tell the person arise. And shine. And cast that devils. Alright Romans chapter number 10. Let's start from verse 5. Let's start from verse 1. Every, every verse is loaded. He said brethren my heart's desire and prayer to God. Is for, uh, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There are many Christians today, they are zealous for God, but they don't have the knowledge of the truth. They are zealous. They are zealous. There are some who are so zealous that even on what they call Good Friday today, they go get themselves hung on the cross because they are zealous. But the Bible said not according to knowledge. Not according to knowledge. There are some who are praying long prayers. God, send down the power. Send down the power. Help us, oh God. Save us, oh God. There is a zeal, but not according to knowledge. Let's continue. Verse 3. He said, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. One of the things we have been teaching on the school of the word is, is, is submission and grace. You know, humility and grace. And, and so humility means to submit to God's word. And the Bible says because they have not submitted to God's word, they are trying to do it their own way. They are trying to do the right thing, their own idea of right. If you go to Israel today, many people are not Christians. They are not born again. Uh, they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They still go to the wall and wear a cap and, and pray prayers from Psalms, from, from the Old Testament, asking God send the Messiah. There's a zeal, but not according to knowledge. Because at the time, that was okay because Messiah had not come. But the truth is that when Jesus Christ came, the Bible said that he came to put an end to the old Covenant, the old law. Now, anyone who is continuing to be zealous in that way is no longer under the new covenant. He doesn't understand God's plan. doesn't know the word of God. And they may be zealous for God, but not according to knowledge. And there are many people also, even in the church, the Pentecostal church, they're zealous. Some write good songs. I mean... I don't know whether to call them good songs. They write very, very heart-touching songs. The Christian is just a sinner. Who falls down and get up? Who falls down and get up? And they sing this kind of song with such passion. The Bible says that they, they, it's like the, the Jews. He said they, they are zealous, but not according to knowledge. I'm only human. I'm just a man. Zealous sons. Do it again for us. Do it again. Zealous sons. But not according to knowledge. These people were not bad people. Jews are not. They, are, they want to serve God. 
but they just don't know the right way. Verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted to the righteousness, submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For, for Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this why the first thing faith says is that what say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down or who shall descend unto the dead that is to bring Christ again from the dead but what saith it the word is night day even the even in thy mouth and in thy heart which is the word of faith that we preach. One of the first things faith says is that the power is not in heaven. At least you are saying, hey, who will help us? You know, many people are waiting for an anointed minister to come and trouble the church or trouble the water, you know, in one evangelistic, evangelistic outreach so that they will be healed. Now, thank God for such folks. I mean, sometimes, you know, by the mercy of God, they get healed. But that is not the faith of the new covenant. He said the word of faith, the righteousness, the new relationship we have with God is such that it does not say who will go to heaven and bring Christ down or who will go across the sea or go under the earth to raise him up again. He said, no, he said the word, the word of God which contains the power of God. How did God create the universe? By the word. He said the word of God is right here. It's in your heart and in your mouth, which is the word of faith, which we, which we preach. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the very next verse, that Jesus is Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, people just think, you say, oh, Jesus is Lord. No. He says if you will confess, if you will begin to declare that Jesus is the Lord of all. That means that no matter what you are dealing with, no matter who is against you, no matter what sickness you face, you declare that Jesus is the Lord. He is the master of this thing. He is in charge of this thing. He said if you believe it, that Jesus is Lord in your heart and confess it with your mouth, he said you will be loose, set free, delivered, healed from that sickness and disease. The power is not in heaven. I said the power is not in heaven. Where is the power? The Bible says it's in our heart and in our mouth. The power to save the lost is not in heaven. You know, as I began to read this, so many things the Holy Ghost began to say to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus taught them in Matthew chapter number 18, Luke chapter number 18. He said, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. People think, people have tried to change it. He said, whatever you shall bound on earth is that which has been bound. That is not what the scripture says. People say, what do you mean? How can you bind it here when it has not been bound? Let me tell you the truth. The Bible tells us, if you go back to Genesis chapter number one, the Bible says when God created man, he said, let them have dominion over the earth. When he said let them, he exempted himself. That means that dominion on the earth does not belong to spirit beings in the heavens. What, who, who, who does dominion on earth belong to? Humans. God himself cannot bind a sickness that humans do not bind. 
So what are you talking about? God is sovereign. Yeah, God is sovereign. But God has determined his sovereignty and the limitations of what he will do by his word. The Bible says he exalts his word even above his name. So by his sovereign choice, he said, I will not do beyond what I say. And I cannot do except what I say. So if God says, you have dominion, he has removed himself and he has taken dominion from himself and given it to you. So if you are telling him to do it, he cannot because he has given you the dominion. And that's why many people are praying, no resource, because they are asking God to do what God has given us dominion to do. And until we realize that we have the power, we will keep praying and asking God to send down another Elijah and we don't need Elijah. We need you. Somebody say hallelujah. I want to hear it louder. Say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. We have the power. He exempted himself when he gave dominion over the earth. For God to do something on earth, he has to use a man. Because man has the authority. Why did he have to come through Jesus Christ? Because it is humans that have authority. And he had to exercise that authority. Why is it that so many things are falling apart? People say, what, where was God when September 11 happened? People were innocent. They just got destroyed. How is God allowing children that are, that are born blind and cancer eating people? I'll tell you who is allowing it. You and I. Because God has given dominion to man. He said, what you bind. Is what is bound. Is what you lose. Is what is loose. So if we are waiting for God to lose it or to bind it, the world will go down into the drains while we are praying and asking God to do what God asks us to do. You say, why do we need to pray? We need to pray to know what God's will. Because we don't just want to do what we feel like. We want to consult with God and become partners with God to fulfill God's will upon the earth. But God needs us on earth just like we need him. Somebody say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I know this may come against some traditional minds, but we need to begin to renew ourselves, our minds. Because when we see challenges, many times people just say, oh, we can't, we can't do it. Oh, you know, this devil is just pursuing me. He's pursuing my whole family. Oh, God, praise, praise. And many of these mindsets are not according to knowledge. They have a zeal, but not according to knowledge. And when we begin to recognize the authority that we have as believers, he said, ye shall receive dominion, power, ability to cause changes after the Holy Ghost is come on you. The Holy Spirit cannot walk upon the earth without a vessel to walk with. Let me give you some quick, quick points. I don't have so much time. You can see I'm excited about it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. A, we are the ones that determine how many people are saved, not God. You know, hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say Hallelujah. We determine who those that are saved. Open to St. John chapter number 20. Somebody uh, put it up from verse 19. We'll read together or I'll read and you listen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. St. John, St. John chapter number 20. You're going to have to move faster with that, with that scriptures today. 
All right. He said, the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, he said, peace be unto you. Continue. And when he has so said, he showed to them his hands and his, and his side. Then he, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. Look at the next verse. And he said on this to them, and he breathed on them, and he said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Let me ask you, who has the power to forgive sins? You know, many have not really taught on this. You know, why Jesus was on earth, the Bible says that they brought a paralyzed man uh, to him, and then he said to the paralyzed man, your sins be forgiven. The Bible said they turned and said, who has the power to forgive sins but God? This man is speaking blasphemy. Jesus said, which one is easier to say? Your sins be forgiven, all right, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says that when he said that the man took up his bed and walked, the Bible said the people began to say, we have not seen such things. Jesus said to them, he said, I want you to know that God has given the power to the sons of men to forgive sins. He didn't say to God, he said to the sons of men. But Christians don't re they don't recognize that. So when they see someone that is a sinner, they say, oh God, oh God, help. What are we do? Now, there's a time to communicate with God for, for wisdom, for the help of revelation, but the ability to cause the change is not in heaven. We are the ones that should forgive sins. Hey! The words are waiting for... If a man goes to hell... It's a responsibility of the church. You know, people don't know how serious this is. You know, many of us are born again, and we know we are going to heaven, so we rejoice. Even if a brother passes on, we say we know where he is. The Bible says that if a man is not born again, and his name is not in the book of life, when he dies, he's not going to hell. Hell is just a temporary place. The end place is the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone. And the ability to stop people from going there is not in heaven. Jesus gave us that responsibility and that authority. He said, it is who you save that will be saved. It's who you remit that will be remitted. If you sit down and play church and you don't preach to them, he said they will go to hell and I will ask their blood from your hand because the power to save them is not in heaven. The power to save them is in you and I. So if they go to hell, it is our fault, our, our responsibility. And God knew how serious this is for someone's eternal life to be dependent on you and I. That's an awesome responsibility because with great power comes great responsibility. When he gave us the power of the Holy Ghost, he gave us the responsibility to change the earth. We don't need to pray for somebody to do it. Somebody, people are always waiting. One of these days, one of these, somebody's just going to come and the whole of Maryland may be saved. Somebody's going to go to Saudi Arabia, but we are going to heaven. Let's prepare. Jesus is coming soon. If you do not go, nobody will go. 
and we will stay here and stay here and stay here because the power is not in heaven. The power is here in the hearts of the believers. Go to Psalm 78, verse 41. We're going to move very quickly. Somebody say hallelujah. So God limited himself on the earth by his word. When he said, let them have dominion, he did not include himself. If he had said, let us have dominion, then God would have been able to operate and man would be. But when he said, let them, he exempted himself, meaning that dominion on earth is solely given to man. That's why he couldn't stop Adam when he gave the devil the authority. Because the authority belonged to Adam. He gave Adam and Adam gave it to the devil. And the devil is using human authority to dominate the earth. But thank God. Somebody say hallelujah. Jesus 2,000 years ago came back, took upon himself the nature of a man so that he can operate as a man, took back the dominion from Satan and gave it back to the church. Now we are the ones that have the authority to bind and to lose. He said whatever you allow. You know, we're going to get this clear as we go along. One of the places to do it is in the place of prayer because there are things we are dealing with in prayer. But in, in one, of the, one of the results of the place of prayer is to know what to do about the situation, what to say. You don't always have to go there physically. You, you, God is the one that instituted remote control. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. You can stay in your room and say, yes, that governor, lose your seat. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. And if you believe it and you're doing it according to the word, you can control the state from your bedroom. Yeah. We have the power to do that. Yeah. We have the power to do that. The Bible says Elijah was a man like one of us. Not even born again. Elijah was not born again. Yes, the Holy Ghost visited him. He didn't stay with him. He was not, like, he was not even anointed like us. And the Bible says that he said to the king, by my word, it will not rain. He controlled a whole nation, one man, one man. And sometimes when we begin to look at ourselves, we say, oh, we are only human beings. We are just a young boy, just got born again. But the Bible says that once you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the ability of God. You know, I've been meditating on this. It has, it, has, it has renewed my mind. Verse 41. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. The Bible says that blessed Psalm 78 verse 41. Thank you Lord Jesus. 78. He said yes. They turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy Can God be limited? Yes. I'm not talking about God-limited uh, company. I'm saying, can God's work be stopped? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, many people think not, but the Bible said they did. God wanted them to take them into the promise, but they, their refusal limited God because God cannot operate on earth without faith, without human cooperation. And so he's always looking for whom 
will walk with him. The Bible said a limited God. If you read Mark chapter number 6, the Bible said Jesus went to his hometown, Nazareth, and he could not. The Bible didn't say he did not. He could not. He could not. He could not. So people ask me today, oh, why you say they are so healing? You know, if, it were, if Jesus was here, yes, in the days of Jesus, there would be miracles. But nowadays, there are no more miracles. Why, why don't you just go to, the, go to the hospital and heal everybody or go to the burial ground and raise everybody? I'll tell them, if Jesus was here, he couldn't do that either. You say, you mean, what are you talking about? Jesus can do anything. He can do anything that faith permits, that the word of God permits. And the people who got healed were not everybody that was in the neighborhood. Were those who believed. The Bible says he came to the pool of Bethesda. They were, they were, they were portrayed. The Bible said there were many people hanging around the sick. Do you know there were many people? The Bible said that they were all waiting for the troubling of the water. When Jesus went there, how many people did he heal? Just one. What happened to the rest? Jesus didn't love them. No, he loved them. He understood that this man would believe his word. He went there, ministered to him, and left the other sick. Some died by that pool while Jesus passed through there. The man at the beautiful gate, you think he was not there when Jesus was there? He was. The Bible says Jesus went to Nazareth and could not. Why? Because the people had to receive the word to be healed. And when he left, the Bible says he went to Capano and people were getting healed right, left, and center. So much that the Bible says that that virtue was coming out of him and healing them. Why? Because they came to hear and to be healed. So the power is not in heaven. It's not heaven that is waiting, we are waiting for. It's not, we don't know why God did not do it. The question is, why do you believe? You see, one of the things God began to show me in these verses, I'm not going to be long. We have been told that God is omnipotent. That's true. Because he has the power to do all things. Because omnipotence means have the ability. But the person can choose what he wants to do with it. And like we said in Psalm 139, I think the Bible says that he, he has set his word above his name. So he has limited what he would do by his word. So we know what God is going to do. So somebody who says, we never know what God is going to do, what the person is telling you, I don't know the word of God. I don't know scriptures. Jesus said to them, you err not knowing the word of the power of God. If you know the word of God, you will know what God is going to do. Because he tells us before he does it. He said God doesn't do anything except what? He tells his prophets first. So he tells us. He doesn't just show. We're not the kind that says God is so mysterious. Even if he's hidden, he wants to show it to us. That's why the spirit of God was given to us. He said that the spirit searches all things, even what? The deep things of God. So that we will know those things which God is going to do. So no Christian ought to walk in ignorance of saying we don't know. The Bible says don't be foolish, but know what the will of the Lord is. So the guy who says I don't know, the scripture says his word. It's foolish. It's dumb dumb. That's a, that's a nicer way to say foolish. Dumb dumb. Now, these are serious. It's good to laugh in the house of God and rejoice. But I would say in the presence of the Lord as well. <laughs> but it's a serious thing to be a dum-dum because 
The Bible says a, a child, foolishness is bound to him. And the Bible says that as long as the son is a child, he's no different from a servant. He's no different from someone who doesn't have. And that's why we need the Holy Ghost. It's not just the shakes. It's to change us. So we think God is omnipotent, and he is. But guess who else is omnipotent? The Bible says, with God, all things are possible. Then the Bible says in Mark chapter number 9, verse 23, he said, if you can what? Believe. He said, all things are possible to him that believes. So if all things are possible to you, how different are you from God? What is it that you cannot do that you are looking for? So if you can't do it, it's because you don't believe. The Bible says in, 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 in Matthew 17, and you find that also in Luke 9, that they brought this boy to Jesus. They couldn't cast him out. They, they asked Jesus at the end, why could we not cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. He said, and this comment not about by prayer and fasting, I mean, the way you deal with this unbelief, you need to stop watching your Facebook, your YouTube, and listen to the word of God. It's not saying that this devil cannot come out. Because if you look at Luke chapter number 9, before the, the, the story of this boy, the Bible says, Jesus said to them, I give unto you power over all devils. He didn't say some kind of devil. So if he's saying this cannot come up by, by prayer and fasting, that means he lied in verse 1 when he said he gave them all power. The reason why they couldn't cast this one out is because they didn't believe they had power over all devils. They thought they had power over some. And because of that, their unbelief, they couldn't cast this devil out. So people think today, because I couldn't do it, maybe God did not equip me to do it. Maybe I don't have power to do it. Maybe this one is bigger. This is a, this is a strong demon. No, no. You have power over how many devils? All devils. Even the devil himself has no right over an unbeliever, over a believer. But the reason people do not cast that devils is because they have not believed what God has said. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. Do you know what that means? It's amazing. If God lives inside of you, it means that one that created the universe lives inside of you. In short, the Bible says that the heavens cannot contain God. In the heavens of heaven, yeah. Solomon said that when he was creating the temple. He said, he said, how can we create a temple for God? For even the heavens of heaven cannot contain God. And yet God says, he said, I will live in them and I will dwell in them. First Corinthians 6. He said, and I will make my home in them. So that means that inside a believer is bigger than the universe. Hey. Now, put up, put up Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, verse 11. Put it up quickly, quickly, quickly. Hurry up. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't let this message fly by you. Just like oh, one of those messages. You need to begin to examine the word again. Because the religious mindset have said, we are just powerless people. Let's believe God. Let's pray. God do something. Oh God do something. When the power the power that created the universe is inside of you. The Bible says, put it up in the NIV, Ecclesiastic 3.11. Do you know that every Christian can create a new universe? 
The Bible says he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That means this is so amazing you, can't, you cannot see the end of it. He said he has put eternity in his heart. Open up to, um, to, to, to Isaiah 57, 15. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. If he put eternity in our heart, if he put eternity, in short, the word eternity means is the word Ionios, infinite power, infinite ability. On 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 on, on what you call infinity in the spirit of a man. That means he made man without limits. He said, for for this is what the most high exalted one says. He said, who, he also lives forever, whose name is holy. He said, I'm, I'm in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly. To revive his heart. Is that verse 15? It, put it up in the King James. We may not even need to go there. It just says that God dwells in eternity. Somebody say hallelujah. So God created man with infinite ability because God created man in his what? Image and his likeness. That likeness was not just to look alike. It's in his capacity to operate. When the Bible said God created man a speaking spirit like God because God created everything by faith, he gave man the same ability to create. Gave man faith. He made man a faith being. And listen, faith has no limits. If you are walking by faith, there is no limit. But I'm say it's what you can desire, what you can believe, you can have. The limitations is based on you, and you can create a whole universe by faith. Some people have. How many of you have heard of Marvel Universe? We're laughing now, but there are people. If I say Iron Man, you know who Iron Man is. If I say Spider-Man, you know who Spider-Man is. These people have recreated a universe, even though it's a virtual one, but people are related to it. When Iron Man died, human beings cried. Do you know that? He died, oh, he died, he died. They have, they have begun to identify another universe. And these people are not even born again. An interesting thing is that the, 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 the things that they have created in this Marvel universe is so interesting. You know, I don't watch these things just only for entertainment. I'm learning. They, 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 they believe things that the scripture says that believers don't believe. They talk about infinity stones, abilities that are beyond limitation. One of the, 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 the heroes, I think the Scarlet Witch, she doesn't even know how much power she has. She can create a new reality because she came out of the reality stone. And all of these five stones, if you want to call them stones, they are not stones. Their abilities in the spirit realm have been placed in the human being. We can snap our finger and the world can change because God has given us the ability as gods. They are demonstrating it to us what we ought to know. From the scriptures. The Bible says that the things that are made are used to show the things that are not seen. Because Christians will not catch it. God sometimes has to get an unbeliever to show them what he's saying. 
He said he has created eternity, infinity in the heart of the believer. But Christians say, we are just warm. We are just warm in the doors. We are just warm. Oh, such, such dumb dumbness. I'm not blaming people. That's what sin did. Sin blinded the mind. The Bible says that if, the, if people are, if this gospel is hit to people, it says it's hit to those whom the God of this world has blinded the mind. Not their eyes, their mind. They cannot see beyond the physical. They can't see the reality of the spiritual. And so when Jesus came and walked on water, stopped the storm, healed the sick, raised the dead, they say, what manner of man is this? And Jesus will look at them and say, what manner of people are you? Where is your faith? How come you're afraid of just a hurricane? How come you're afraid of just a... How come you can't do anything? Why are you so afraid? In the Old Testament, one man, one man told the sun to stand still and caused the whole earth to stop so that he can finish what he had to do. This man was not even born again. And we wonder, you know, how, when are we, who is going to give us just bread? One man went to the Red Sea and said, Part. God did not just part the rest. He said, you part the sea. He was begging, crying, oh God, what are we going to do? The soldiers are coming behind. And then there was this big sea before us. What are we going to do? You want to kill us? He said, well, stop crying, Moses. He said, stand up and separate the sea. Moses did not say, God, you're going to separate it. Moses walked like this and took the stuff, went to this bank and said, see, part in the name of Jesus. The Bible says when Elisha took Elijah, Elijah's coat, he took the coat and said, where is the God of Elisha? And smote Jordan, and Jordan parted into two. When they wanted to enter the promised land, he said, carry the ark and step. He didn't, God did not part it himself. When the people were bold enough and said, it doesn't matter if the water is there, we are going over. The Bible says as soon as their feet stepped on the water, the sea parted. The power was in them all the time. They just did not know it. We are not here just to play church. We are bigger than Thor and Spider-Man and, Super, and Superman. Because eternity lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Spirit of God. Bible says, if this same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. He said, this Spirit he gives life away, immortality to our bodies. A Christian is not a good guy that goes to church and tries to obey the Ten Commandments. That's a Judaist. That's Judaism. A born-again Christian is someone who is recreated after God in true righteousness and holiness and has the power of God living in him. Who, when he prays, what he binds on earth is bound in heaven. He said, I give you power over all the powers of the enemy. He said, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Why do you think God will give the 12 disciples responsibility for the, for the salvation of the world? Because he endowed them, endued them with enough power over governments, over sickness, over disease, over any power of the devil. He put enough power in them to change the world. And that's why he says, stay in Jerusalem. Because when you receive this dynamics, the ability of God, Say so you will reign in life, you will rule on earth. 
You will have dominion over all devils, over all spirits. You know, the church, the Bible says, is how God wants to demonstrate his power and his glory and his wisdom. He chose to come and dwell in the church as his home. In all of creation, the Bible says, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. God has lifted us and put us over all things. Put up Hebrews chapter number 2. He said, no wonder one said in a certain place. Verse 1, Hebrews 2. This must be an angel that was saying it. You know, today people even worship angels. Angel Gabriel descend. Angel Michael descend. But the Bible says all angels, he said they are ministering spirits for the heirs of salvation. All, not he didn't say some of them. All angels, all angels, all, all angels are subject to the church. The power to change the universe. It's in the church. It's not in heaven. It's not in heaven. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, it said the Holy Spirit came into us as of a rushing mighty wind. Heaven, the throne of God, was recreated in the human spirit. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed of the things which we have heard, at least at any time, they should let them slip away. For the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and even strength, anyone that transgressed and disobeyed received a, a just recompense of reward. He said, for how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Continue. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the word to come, wherefore we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? That means even the world to come, God did not put it under angels. God put it under man, the church. The world to come, the world after this one. Eternity has been subjected to the authority. Of the church. He said, Thou made him for a little while lower than angel. The word there is Elohim. And thou crowned him with glory and honor. And thou didst set him over the works of thy hand. He said, Continue, next, next verse. Over the works of thy hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thou hast put all things. How many things? All things. I said, How many things? How many things? How many is all? How many is all? What is under your feet? Everything. He said, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing. This is tautology. He's repeating it to make you know that there's nothing left that is not put under the feet of Jesus and the church. The Bible said, Because he's the head of the church, he did this for the church. So all things are possible to the believer. All things are placed under the feet of the believer. So what is it that you cannot do by the Spirit of God? Jesus said all things are possible to him 
that belief. God, in making that statement, has made man omnipotent like him. In saying all things are po- all things, God Himself said all things are possible to the believer. And He said, He put all things under your feet. Now, if you don't see it, you don't know it, you don't use it, you can't act on it. But this is the truth. How else can a man tell the sun, stand still? You can't go down until I finish what I'm doing. That is beyond this world. Somebody said, we don't know whether the sun stays. The sun doesn't really move. The earth moves. The sun, the earth, everything is moving. No matter what happens, it stops. Because a human being spoke words. It stopped the, the circle of the universe. And we think we are ordinary folks. We are just born here. We can only just do little. We beg and we oh God, our words are nothing. The words can control the universe. Can control the sea can control the end. The Bible says with your tongue you can tame all animals. We have more ability than we think. But the problem is that people are just using their mouth for nothing. Hey, this thing is killing. I'm so tired. It's tickling me to death. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. And they're using their mouth to destroy their ability and to limit their faith. Like God. If God says something, his word limits him. If you say something, your word limits you. If you say, I cannot, you have put that thing above you and you have limited yourself to that thing. Because out of your mouth, the Bible says you are condemned or justified out of your mind, you are condemned. That means that the limitations of your life is what is coming out of your mouth. And when you begin to say, I can do all things, no sickness has no power over me. I am seated in the heavenly realm. I reign in this life with Christ Jesus. I will never be poor again. I will never be sick. You are releasing power. Because the Bible says, in the mouth of a king, there is power. You limit your life by what you say. People just say, I don't know. I'm getting older. My body is getting weaker. What happens to your body? It has to respond to the voice of the king. He said, out of your mouth comes life and death. You have the power of life and death. Death and life does not just happen. Jesus Christ said, nobody has the power to take my life. Guess what happened? Nobody did. It didn't just happen because he was the son. He was born in a manger. It was, it was because he believed who he was. Because as he is, so are we. He was born of the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. The same thing that Jesus had is what we have. And the way he operated was by reason of his faith. Because he believed it and he spoke it, that's why he got it. And we have the same abilities. Because as he is, so are we. I'm going to give you two points, and I'm going to round out. We have the ability to save the sick. We have the ability to heal the, the sick, to remit sins. So sometimes you look at your neighbor and say, let's deal with this guy's sin. Somebody say, hallelujah. I say, somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. You share the gospel, get him born again. That's one way to remit sin. 
But that's not the only way. We didn't know what the Bible says in James. He said, he said, is any sick among you? Let him call the prayer, the elders of the church, let him pray over him. He said, the prayer of faith will save the sick. He said, and if he, he had committed sin, he shall be forgiven. Why? Because sin is one of the reasons why sickness finds a way to stay. And the elder praying the prayer of faith will save the man and forgive the sin. So who was doing the forgiving? The person who prayed for him. If the elder had not come to pray for him, the sin would have been there. The sickness would have killed him because of sin. Then the next verse, he said, therefore, telling you because of this, he said, confess your fault one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. That means that when you confess your sin and somebody forgives it, you get healed. In, in Matthew 13, he said that they have ears they can't hear, eyes they can't see. He said, I wish they could hear with their ear and see with their eyes and repent of their sin that they might be healed. So sickness and disease is often connected to sin. And we have the ability to remit sin and heal sick, the sick. But we don't use it. We just see that. That guy is a homosexual. Go to hell! And the guy goes to hell. When we have the power to forgive sins, bring them out of darkness, break the yoke of Satan over their lives, drive the devil out, get them filled with the Holy Ghost, get them demon casting and sickness healing. The same guy who was lying and cheating will turn around and preach the gospel. If you and I will take the authority we have and drive out devils and heal the sick. It's a new day church. Amen. I say hallelujah. hallelujah. It's a new day church. No more complaining. No more grumbling. No more, I don't know what. I don't get understanding. That's one of the reason why the Holy Ghost is there. If you can figure, figure, don't try to figure it with your mind. If you try to figure it, figure it, can't figure it. It's not figures. It's in the spirit language. Go and pray in tongues and get revelation. You will know what to do about all things. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. And he now lives in you. Let me show you how to make that business. How to, how to deal with that situation. He will give you the wisdom of God. In the Old Testament, kings are saying, who is this man? Who, who else has the spirit of the gods that we will put in authority over the business? And that is in the Old Testament. Some people can't even manage their own finances. And they have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. We have to renew our minds. I say we have the power. We have the power. Two things. There are two parts of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. One is in the fruit. The other one is in the gift. The fruit is very important. One reason for the fruit is to enable you deal with the challenges of the flesh. Now that is very key. Because if you cannot deal with the challenges of your own flesh, you can't deal with the world. Bible says that you have to remove the world. The land, the, the log in your heart before you are looking at other people to remove. And the holy, the fruit of the Spirit of God is for you to deal with the challenges of the flesh. You can't be depressed when you have the spirit of joy. You can't be envious when you have the spirit of humility and the spirit of gentleness. You cannot be out of control when you have the spirit of self-control. You can't just eat anyhow, go anyhow, talk anyhow, except you are not exercising the fruit of the Spirit. Once you are walking in the Spirit of the Spirit, Romans chapter number 8 says that if you by the Spirit put to death 
the misdeeds of the body, he said you will live. So the first ability you have is to control your flesh and bring it onto subjection so that you can operate as the sons of God without blemish, without wrinkle, without spot, without sin, so that the devil has nothing in you. Just like Jesus Christ said, he didn't do that because he was so smart. He did it by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so before you, before you even change the world, even though you can do them simultaneously, the first thing you want to do is to be changed in your character by the fruit of the Spirit. If you used to be impatient, get patient. You have the power to, to control your dominion and be patient. The Holy Ghost will give you that power. Somebody say hallelujah. If you used to be sad and depressed, you have the power for joy because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of joy. And even when you don't feel like being joyful, joy will arise from the inside of you and fill you and drive out every form of depression. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of self-control. You control your tongue. It will control your appetite. Say, I, I can't help you. I just, I just eat and eat. And the Holy Ghost will say, stop! And you put your body under the control of your spirit. That's one reason we have a lot of problems. People have not subjected themselves to the spirit of God, the recreated human spirit, the nature of the spirit. And they just say anything that comes to their head, you know, just, just do anything they feel. I feel like, how do you feel? How do you feel? That's the whole world is saying. Hey, what, what you feel? It's, it's, it's up to you. Just what do you feel? How do you feel? It's not about feeling. People who walk by their feelings will eventually become sick. Because it's your feeling that will tell you how you are. One way to live in divine health is to be in charge of how you feel. So when your body tells you this is the way you feel, say no, this is the way you are supposed to feel. You must follow this. And sickness will have the dominion over you. And that is one of the, that's one of the reasons for the fruit. To give you dominion over the weaknesses of the, of the fallen man. To bring you back into the character of God. And the second point is that the gifts of the spirit is for you to have dominion on the outside. To operate in the supernatural. To rule and to reign upon the earth. We are not supposed to hide beyond the sheet, be behind sheets and hide behind closed doors and, and wait for somebody to redeem us. We are the redeemers. We are the sons of God. We are the one the world is waiting for. Afghanistan has no hope except somebody who is born again really goes there. Unfortunately, sometimes Christians don't do it. God has to look for natural people and see if they can help. But all of this is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Church, we have the power. Somebody say amen. amen. Tell somebody, I have the power. Say it again, I have the power. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We have the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we shall not be defeated. 
We have the power in the name of the Lord. One more time. We have the power. We have the power in the name of Jesus. Oh, we have the power. In the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, the Satan rages. We cannot be defeated. We have the power. In the name of the Lord. In Romans, the Bible says it. They say those whom He foreknew, He predestined. Those who He predestined, He called. Those whom He called, He justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. The church is not just to be justified. The church is supposed to be glorified. And the glorification means to de demonstrate the fullness of God. In, in Ephesians 3, it says that, that we, that, that, that Christ, from, put it up, Ephesians 3, we've crowned up with this scripture, starting from verse 15 or 14. Ephesians 3. Let's just start from verse 10. Go back to 10. The Bible says, To the intent that now unto principalities and powers in the heavenly places by, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So God wants to demonstrate his wisdom, his power, even to the spirit realms by the church. It is the operation of the church that God wants to use to demonstrate his glory. You find that also in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse 9. The Bible says we are a chosen generation, a royal priest to the holy nation, that we may show forth the glory, the praises of him who has called us out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose which he proposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, continue. He said, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not in my tribulation for you, which is for your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Stop there. Go back to that verse again. The Bible said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. That means according to the fullness of his power. According to how powerful his glory is to be strengthened. That means you are going to be strengthened like he is strengthened in his glory. In his fullness. He said, let's continue to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. Continue. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of God, which passes human knowledge. He said that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That means that when you operate like this, you are going to be operating in how much of God? All the fullness as God is. Verse 20, let's read it to go it together. Want to go now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that is in heaven. I say, is it in heaven? No. I said, is it in heaven? No. Where is the power to do exceedingly abundantly? Is walking in us. The Spirit of God in us enables us to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can imagine. If we can imagine it, we can ask the power in us, not in heaven. 
can bring it to pass. You are omnipotent. I know those words that sound, sound very strange to some Christians. You are omnipotent. He made you as he is. You can do all, all things are possible to you that believe. The limitation of your life is the limitation of your faith. What you believe. And so you must believe for more. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the revelation of your word. We're changed. We're changed. We're changed. We're changed. We're not the same. We're not going to cow in fear and hide and wait for a deliverer and wonder who will set us free. We have power over our weight. We will, cont- we will set it where we want it to be and it will stay there. We have, we, are, we have the ability to control it. We have the ability of our anger, our passion, our reaction. We will control it. We will walk in meekness. We will walk in kindness. We will walk in joy. Not, no circumstances have the power to steal our joy. How can, they, how can they overpower us and take joy from us? We refuse. We will not fear. The weather is under our control. The circumstances under our control. All things are under our feet. You made us this way because you made us your sons. You now dwell inside of us. So we begin to renew our mind. We see ourselves seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Far above all principalities, all powers, all titles, all dominion, all governments. And that's why we are bold to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Starting here in Jerusalem, in, in Lanham, in Maryland, in PG County. But we go to all the world because you have given us abilities. To change nations, to forgive sins, to heal all manner of sickness and disease. You say what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. We're not waiting for another Elijah. We're not waiting for another man. We step out. We step out today, starting from our neighborhood. We come against sin and every kind of, 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 of oppression. We lose them. We bring the word of God that brings salvation and set them free. We bring them to the house of God. We take dominion over our streets, over our cities. We take dominion over nations. You said, ask for the nations. We raise our faith and begin to believe for more. The wealth belongs to us. All things are ours. You said, all things, all things, all things. You said, we can do all things. You said, all things are under our feet. You said, all things belong to us. All things, all things. And so we call it in, large psalms. We call it in favors being poured into our hands. You say we will lend to nations, nations. We can can stay poor. We can stay just, just dealing in hundreds and thousands. We are getting into the millions, the billions, the trillions. Because this is your word. This is your heritage for the sons of God. We thank you for the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. We stayed up. We stayed up. We stayed and begin to declare with our mouth what your word says about us. We will not be afraid. We will not be pressured to speak like the rest of the world. No, you say because with our mouth we are justified. We are released. And with our mouth we are condemned or kept down. So we choose to say your word. And we are seated in the heaven and earth. We choose to say that we are bigger than every challenge. We are greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that we reign in this life with Christ Jesus. 
Like Moses, we will, we will split every Red Sea that we face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Joshua and Caleb, we'll tell the sun to be still when we need to. We have authority both in this world and in the world to come. We are not afraid. We are not ordinary men. We are sons of God. We are created in the image and the very likeness of God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We give you praise. We give you praise. Just give the Lord some praise. Rejoice. 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 Yeah. The Spirit of God lives in you. Rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your ability that we have the power. We will not, we will not complain. We rejoice in the name of Jesus. And everybody say, if you believe it, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So when you go home today, your brother is committing sin. Turn to him. He said, you know what? I declare your sin forgiven. Maybe that would jerk him up a little bit. I say, what do you mean? Can you forgive sin? He said, you don't know. I can't. I'm a child of God. But you need to repent. So nothing worse comes against you. So you have, we have the power to. And get them born again. Bring them to church. Let them implanted. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 11.30 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.